Welcome to another episode of About Mansfield. I'm Steve Casillo, always broadcasting from the Selmark Studios. I'm here along with Colleen Daniel and the About Mansfield news team. Coming up today, it's Mansfield news, sports, and weather for the upcoming week. And a little later in the episode, you will have a chance to win a $25 gift card to a local Mansfield eatery with our Mansfield trivia question, courtesy of Joe Jenkins Farmers Insurance. Let's take a look at the stories we're covering this week. This week, a Mansfield man was sentenced to more than four years in prison for assault during the January 6, 2021 Capitol breach. Mansfield Library says, hey, look at our new makeover. Jonathan Dodd, what's coming up in sports today? One MISD team had the spotlight this weekend and didn't disappoint. Coming up in the features section. I'm Dennis Webb, and in today's science segment, a potpourri of space stories. I'm Angel Biasati, and today we're talking about ways to declutter your brain in Methodist Mansfield News to Know. Real estate is finishing the year in a very different place than it started. I'm Beth Steinke, and today on the Mansfield Real Estate Report, we're going to talk about where we were, where we are, and where we are going. In this week's Cocktail of the Week segment, I'll be talking about a cocktail that'll finally have you saying goodbye to summer and hello fall. We have the seven-day weather forecast. And in the talk segment, Steve talks in studio with Mansfield resident Christy Silvas about her 750-mile trek on the Camino de Santiago. We are Mansfield's only source for news, talk, and information. This is About Mansfield. I'm Dr. Joseph Adams of Calibration Chiropractic and Functional Health. And if you or your loved one is suffering with headaches and or migraines, we invite you to come sit down with our team and see if we can find a solution. What we know about migraines is that they're a complex neurological disorder and there are many different triggers and appropriate treatment requires a team that can address all those factors. So if you or somebody you know is suffering from migraines, we invite you to come into the office and sit down and have a conversation with us and see if we can help you. Calibration Chiropractic and Functional Health, 408 South Main Street in downtown Mansfield. I'm Philip Washington, Chief Investment Officer of Stonehill Wealth Management and host of the Wealth Building Made Simple podcast. First book I read in college was Rich Dad, Poor Dad, and it changed my life. And since then, I've read tons and tons of books on money. And what I've done is taken those lessons, simplified them, and I talk about those lessons on my podcast, Wealth Building Made Simple. So come hang out with us. We're on every major platform, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and on YouTube, Wealth Building Made Simple. The housing market is evolving as interest rates rise to meet inflation. Speculation abounds as to what the future may hold. Do you have a trusted advisor? The Roger and Beth team at Century 21 Judge Fight should be your first call in all matters concerning real estate and the market. We specialize in residential real estate for both buyers and sellers. With industry partners across North America, our resources and expertise can turn the home you've been envisioning into a reality. Visit our website at homesinmansfield.com to learn more. That's homesinmansfield.com. Hi, I'm Katie Hayes, pastor of Galileo Church, and you're listening to About Mansfield. Welcome back to About Mansfield. A Mansfield man has received a 52-month prison sentence after he pleaded guilty for assaulting a law enforcement officer during the January 6th Capitol breach in Washington, D.C. Our reporter, Dennis Webb, has been closely following this story since its inception and files this report. Mansfield resident... Lucas Denny, age 45, was sentenced to 52 months in federal prison for his actions at the U.S. Capitol on January 6, 2021. 
U.S. District Judge Randolph Moss had accepted Denny's guilty plea earlier and imposed this sentence this past week. If you plead guilty, there is no jury trial and the judge imposes the sentence. Denny was indicted for and pleaded guilty to assault on a police officer during the breach of the Capitol. Prosecutors allege that Denny had raised money to support recruiting, equipping, transporting, and housing DFW people to come to Washington, D.C. on January 6th prepared for violence. At the time, Denny was president of the Patriot Boys of North Texas, a group of DFW activists. Prosecutors allege this organization was a self-identified militia affiliated with the National Proud Boy organization. Several senior members of the Proud Boys are currently in custody awaiting trial on charges of seditious conspiracy, and this trial is scheduled later this year. Denny was arrested December 13, 2021, near Brackettville, Texas, very near the Mexican border. He was initially charged with conspiracy to obstruct unofficial proceedings, that being the January 6th congressional certification of the electors. He was also charged for assault on a law enforcement officer and several other lesser charges. He has been held in pretrial detention since his arrest as the San Antonio federal magistrate judge was persuaded that he was either a danger to his community or a flight risk. As prosecutors apparently forgot he was detained, they did not indict him soon enough after his detention, triggering some protections we all have. Prosecutors rushed a simple assault indictment to the grand jury, the judge allowed it, and Denny and his lawyer chose to plead guilty to this lesser charge, rather than challenge the indictment. A superseding indictment on the other charges would likely face a tough double jeopardy challenge on appeal, so Denny's prosecution on the Capitol breach may be over. However, the allegation of a Denny-led conspiracy to obstruct an official proceeding lives on in the indictment of Donald Hazard, age 43, of Hearst, Texas. Prosecutors allege that Hazard was a fresh recruit to Denny's militia and accompanied Denny to Washington, D.C. on January 6, 2021. Mr. Hazard was arrested the same day as Denny was, that's December 13th, 2021, but he was released on his personal recognizance with some restrictions. Hazard is apparently contemplating a deal to plead guilty to a subset of the counts of his indictments rather than go to trial, likely earning him a shorter prison sentence. Prosecutors can still use the information seized during their arrest and other results of the investigation to prosecute other accused persons. Crime stories are not my usual beat here on About Mansfield, but as Colleen said, I'd been following this case since the start. When the Capitol was breached back on January 6, 2021, I found the reporting and opinions to be all over the map, from a peaceful protest that got out of hand all the way up to a well-organized conspiracy to prevent the orderly transition of presidential power. I was curious to understand which it was. My engineering experience includes wading into a massive pile of conflicting information and figuring out what was going on. I settled on using court filings by prosecution and defense teams as the best among imperfect sources. You can find many of these filings online. Last December, I saw that Mr. Denny had been arrested for conspiracy and I paid attention. For About Mansfield, I'm Dennis Webb. Part of the city of Mansfield has a new facelift, and and to tell us about it uh, is the Director of Library and Historical Services, Yolanda Botello, is with us on the telephone. Uh, Yoli, welcome to About Mansfield. 
Well, thank you for having me. I'm happy to be here. And this facelift is this multi, uh, the multi-month. It took almost a year. It took uh, a couple of million dollars. The expansion of the Mansfield Public Library. Tell us all about it. Um, well, yes, it did take just under a year. Um, we're we're happy to be back open. Um, we broke ground in November um, of 2021, and we did close to the public um, just right after Memorial Day. Um, so we have been closed to the public uh, these past months. You know, we've we had about a four thousand square foot expansion added to the back of the building, um, but the entire building did get touched. Uh, we took out a few walls, uh, new carpet, new paint, new lighting, um, new furniture, completely new look all around. Um, if you definitely need to come by to see it, it's, it's kind of hard to describe. Um, there's a few wow points. Um, we have some movable walls that make a lot of flex space, um, you know, just meeting space now. It's it's very different than what, what it was before. Yeah. And you have, uh, you're, you're in a soft opening right now where, where people can come by and take a look at the, the expansion? Oh, yes. Yes. Um, come by. Uh, we are doing a soft opening. Like I said, we, there are a few things that we're still working on. Um, most notably at this point, um, the tile in the very front of the library is not in yet. It's, it's been back ordered, but we hope to get that actually at the end of the week. Um, that will be installed. But so there's a few things around, some furniture that hasn't come in, some paint that we're still finishing up. Um, but we are in soft opening. Uh, we have some new technology. Our, our RFID project took place during this time, which we added um, RFID tags to our entire uh, collection. So we have a soft checkout machines that now where you could just put the stack of books onto them and they check out all of them at the same time. Um, so there's a little kinks that we're working out with the systems. And so the soft opening is for all of us to get used to it, yeah. as well as finishing up all the small projects that are still taking place. Now, you've worked for the library for several years now. What is your, what's your favorite part about the expansion? Uh, my favorite part has to be um, what is called our nano wall. We have two of them. They are basically movable walls. Um, that we added into um, in between our new program room and um, be, from the children's space to the program room and from the children's space to the patio. So there's these walls that completely um, accordion style fold into each other and completely open up the space, make it a very flexible area. Um, the one that opens up to the patio makes it an indoor outdoor usable area and just kind of changes the area depending on how we need to use it. It's, it's a very visual piece. Uh, again, kind of hard to describe if you're not looking at it. Yeah. Um, but it's it's great. It's just it's beautiful. And if someone wanted to come by during the soft opening, can, uh, the library is now open. If I wanted to check out a book or any other type of media. Oh yes, we're we're operating normally normal hours. Um, so Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, uh, ten to six. Uh, Tuesday and Thursday, 10 to 8, and Saturday, uh, 10 to 4. So we're back to normal hours. The soft opening part is, you know, bear with us while we get used to everything that's new in here. <laughs> and and again, there might be some different um, things still going on as we're, we're finishing up the entire project. But we're open and we're offering service and programs as usual. Let me point out, we are going to plan a grand opening. It will be at the end of October. So we'll be having a celebration soon. And if someone wanted more information about the library in general, I'm pretty sure you have a website, do you not? Yes, we do. It is part of the city website, so it's um, mansfieldtexas.gov and slash library.
Yolanda Botello, uh, congratulations on the, the new facelift. I can't wait to come by and see it. The soft opening again happening right now. And uh, they're, they're still working out some of the kinks, but uh, appreciate your time. Thanks for being on About Mansfield. Thank you. Let's head on over to the sports desk. Here's Jonathan Dodd. With four MISD teams on a bye week this past weekend, there was only one game taking place, and the Timberview Wolves battled the Birdville Hawks on the road and earned a hard-fought 54-28 victory. The two teams were knotted up at seven points apiece after the first quarter, but the Wolves were able to pull away thanks to a 20-point second quarter and never looked back. Timberview running backs Jarvis Reed and Cameron Bates both put up two scores apiece in the win. The undefeated Wolves have a bye week next week and will return October 13th with a district home game versus Molina. A look ahead to this weekend as the rest of the MISD teams return to action. Mansfield will take on Cedar Hill in their drive to stay unbeaten. Legacy hits the road against DeSoto. Lake Ridge looks to get their second win of the year against a winless Skyline team. And Summit tries to extend its win streak to four games when they host Midlothian Heritage. This week's high and low scores of Texas high school football, Aquila wins over Bynum 98-66. And TLC Midland forfeited their match versus Iran, and it leads to the score being logged in the scorebook as one to nothing in a loss for Midland. And this week's biggest goose egg, Mart takes down Heiko 78 to nothing. Reporting from the About Mansfield Sports Desk, I'm Jonathan Dodd. Thank you, Jonathan. We love getting feedback from the community. And if you have a comment about the show, you know, the good, the bad, or the ugly, you can reach us by email at news at aboutmansfield.com. That email address again is news at aboutmansfield.com. Friday, October 7th is not only a national day of, it's a world day of, as we recognize World College Radio Day, a day where nearly 700 college radio stations in in over 40 countries around the world get together to form an international coalition. Launched in 2011, World College Radio Day brings attention and focus to our future broadcasters, DJs, news anchors, sportscasters, and talk show hosts. I don't know if I would be behind this very microphone right now if it wasn't for my experiences at KGCR at Grossmont College in San Diego. It was there where I gained the experience to earn my first job in radio, which after traveling a long and winding road, brought me to where I am today. So in honor of World College Radio Day this Friday, tune your radio to 88.7 FM and check out TCU's campus radio station. They're out of Fort Worth. Or 88.1 FM, KTNU, broadcasting from the campus of UNT up there in Denton. Let's head on over to the weather desk and check the forecast for the upcoming week. Colleen? Let's take a look at the fabulous weather for the next seven days in Mansfield, Texas. We're looking at a high Wednesday of 88 degrees, 89 degrees Thursday, 86 degrees Friday, 80 degrees Saturday, 83 degrees Sunday, 84 degrees Monday, and 84 degrees Tuesday. The Tarrant Regional Water District recommends that Mansfield sprinklers deliver up to a half inch of irrigation this week. Be sure to water on one or two days using the cycle and soak settings by running a short cycle, letting the water soak in for an hour, and then running another short cycle. This gets more water into the ground and reduces runoff from our clay soils. For more watering tips, visit waterisawesome.com. Coming up after the break, we turn the page to the features section. 
As always, we're talking science, health, real estate, and rounding it out with the cocktail of the week. We are Mansfield's only source for news, talk, and information. I'm Colleen Daniel, and this is About Mansfield. No matter your familiarity with buying or selling real estate, having an experienced, trusted advisor on speed dial is priceless. The Roger and Beth team of Century 21 Judge Fight is here to be that resource for you. Whether you're buying right here in Mansfield or your dreams are taking you elsewhere, we are ready to help you with turning that vision into a reality. To learn more, visit our website at homesinmansfield.com. That's homesinmansfield.com. At Methodist Health System, every person we treat Good morning, class. is a vital part of the communities we call home. Table for two. That's why we're dedicated to exceptional, innovative care. From robotic surgery and advanced oncology to helping you find a healthier path. And hold that pose. Three, two, one. Being there when and where our neighbors need us. The doctor will be right in. That's community. And why so many people trust Methodist. Congratulations to Vanessa Hood, who was the first person to email the correct answer to last week's trivia question. Which Mansfield facility is named in Bud Irvin's honor? Vanessa knew that it is the Bud Irvin Water Treatment Plant on Pleasant Ridge Court, located behind Worley Middle School. When we come back, this week's trivia question. This is about Mansfield. Hey, it's Steve Casillo. I want to take a second to tell you about Podcast Mansfield Recording Studio. It's where we record and produce the About Mansfield podcast episodes. Podcast Mansfield is a full-service studio with recording, editing, mixing, and mastering capabilities, and can even help market your podcast. Podcast Mansfield is home to such great locally produced shows, such as Ask Philip, Daughter of the Other Woman, Stir the Pot, He Loves Me, He Loves Me Not, and We Are TPM, just to name a few, and also handles post-production duties for remote clients, such as Coaching Through Chaos out of San Diego and Military Resource Radio out of Detroit. So whether you're a hands-on person who just needs a place to record your podcast or need advice from concept to completion, Podcast Mansfield is there to help. Conveniently located on Heritage Parkway just off of 287 in Mansfield, mention the About Mansfield podcast and record your first episode at no charge. For more information on starting your podcast, or if you're looking for a better place to record, Podcast Mansfield Recording Studio can be found on the internet at podcastmansfield.com. Hi, this is Joe Jenkins with Joe Jenkins Farmers Insurance, specializing in auto, home, commercial, and life insurance. I was born and raised here in Mansfield, Texas. We're active in the community, and Mansfield's a town we really care about. Our office has over 30 years' experience in the insurance industry, and we're passionate about what we do and about customer service. For a free quote, please visit our website at joejenkinsinsurance.com or give us a call at 817-472-6058. Once again, that website is joejenkinsinsurance.com. It is time right now for the highly coveted, wildly popular About Mansfield trivia question. The first person to email the correct answer to trivia at aboutmansfield.com will receive a $25 gift card to a local Mansfield eatery brought to you by Joe Jenkins Insurance. Whether you're looking for homeowners, auto, commercial, or any other type of insurance, Joe has helped Mansfield area residents understand the insurance coverage that best fit their needs since 2010. You can find him on the internet at Joe Jenkins Insurance. 
Com. Let's get to this week's question, Colleen. Well, Steve, the Mansfield Historical Museum, located at the corner of Main and Broad in historic Mansfield, hosts thousands of visitors each year with displays that date back as far as the 1800s. This week's trivia question is, in what year did the Mansfield Historical Museum open? Email your answer to trivia at aboutmansfield.com. Again, in what year did the Mansfield Historical Museum open? Good luck, and thanks to Joe Jenkins Insurance for the gift card. Hi, I'm Rosalie Gilbert, Cultural Arts Supervisor for the City of Mansfield. You're listening to About Mansfield. Welcome back to About Mansfield, your audio newspaper. Let's open up the features section. Let's head on over to the science desk where roving science reporter Dennis Webb addresses a potpourri of science topics. Dennis? Thank you, Steve. Some updates on some recent space stories. First, you may have heard about the NASA space probe DART, which is an acronym for Double Asteroid Redirection Test, that smashed into the small moon of an asteroid millions of miles away from our planet. It was in the news because they can prove that the probe found the target and the 800-pound spaceship hit the small moon at 15,000 miles an hour. That is a wallop and many telescopes on the ground and in space saw the dust cloud as a brightening of the asteroid that looks like a single pinpoint of light. So far, so good, but we don't know the real result for a few weeks. See, the purpose of the test was to see how much an impact with this much energy can alter the orbit of a little moonlet around its bigger asteroid, and also whether the moonlet completely shatters or not. These curious questions are useful for future planetary defense. What do we do if we find a giant asteroid is headed for the Earth where the impact might destroy most life on the planet, including us? It is a low but non-zero probability that this will happen in any year. If you nudge a big asteroid headed for the Earth just enough off its present orbit around the Sun, the asteroid could whiz safely past the Earth. This is the first practical test of whether that works and how well. So, how do we know how much the little moon's orbit was changed? Well, there's no telescope that can see the moon separate from the big asteroid. In fact, we only knew the moon existed and what its orbit around the asteroid is from indirect measurements. The existence of this asteroid and its moon were discovered by slight variations in the brightness of the whole thing seen in a telescope as a single point of light. When the moon is in front of or behind the asteroid, as we see it, it is one level of brightness. When the moon is on one side or the other, separate from the, seen separate from the asteroid, its light is a tiny bit brighter. From timing when the brightening happens, you can determine the parameters of the orbit and estimate the mass of the little moon. Pretty neat, but it's just math. We know what the orbit's parameters were before the impact from studying it for several years, and over a few weeks of observation of the light curve after the impact, we will know how precisely how much the orbit was changed. This will help us know how big a spaceship we have to crash into a big asteroid to save the Earth. Planetary defense! Second, we were coming up on the first launch of the giant rocket known as the Space Launch System to launch the Artemis spaceship on a test flight to the moon and back. This spaceship doesn't do any crashing. The launch will be put off until November. As Hurricane Ian was projected to hit Florida, NASA rolled the big rocket back into its giant garage, the Vehicle Assembly Building, for protection before the winds picked up. High winds are bad for rockets even before launch. 
They might have launched sooner, but there are other rockets waiting to launch, and test flights generally slide to the next available slot if they can't launch on schedule, which is what the hurricane did. This happens even if you're the biggest, baddest rocket on the block. Florida has many advantages as a place to launch rockets, but hurricanes and tropical storms are not among them. Finally, an update on a little helicopter on Mars called Ingenuity. It recently flew its 33rd flight, wildly exceeding its expectations and learning more things about how helicopters can fly on Mars. This is all good, but it allows NASA and its partners on the next Mars lander to solve a thorny design problem. The next mission is in 2030. This mission, eight years from now, is primarily a sample return mission, with the big thing landing being a fixed launch pad for a small rocket to carry the rock and soil samples to Martian orbit for transfer to the Earth. Seriously, we are doing that. The original concept of this mission had a small fetch rover that would crawl around and retrieve the specially selected samples collected by the current rover Perseverance. But designers could not fit the new little rover into the weight limits. Uh, you know, we think of all these things as big, but you've only got so many pounds of, of stuff you can launch on, on a given rocket. Perseverance and its predecessor, Curiosity, are still working great, suggesting Perseverance will likely still be able to bring the samples to the new launch pad on its own in eight years. As a backup, the new lander slash launch pad will carry two new helicopters that can also bring samples back to the launch pad if Perseverance can't. The Ingenuity helicopter works so well, they feel they can trust the upgraded versions to do this. Either way, the two new helicopters will be there to explore Mars on their own. Seriously, we are doing this. If you have any questions about science, send an email to info at aboutmansfield.com. From the Science Desk at About Mansfield, I'm Dennis Webb. Angel Biasati is here with information about how to declutter your mind in today's Methodist Mansfield News to Know. Is your to-do list leaving you overwhelmed? Are you dwelling on yesterday rather than focusing on tomorrow? It might be time to tidy up your cluttered mind. A disorganized mind can affect how we interact with people, undermine our productivity, and bring unnecessary stress into our lives. The best way to declutter your mind is to practice mindfulness. Switch your focus to what's happening right now at the current moment. When we're stressed, it's easy to live in a fight-or-flight response. Allow yourself to be simply present in the moment to ease your mind. One way to practice mindfulness is through meditation. If you're like me and have a hard time getting into those odd, weird positions, all you have to do is stay focused with one mental anchor. It could be listening to your breath, the sound of music, or quietly sitting in a chair. Be still and take time to savor the moment and do nothing for a few minutes. Listen to yourself taking a deep breath and letting it out. That helps get you out of the fight-or-flight response by allowing you to use the logical thinking part of your brain rather than the emotions. If you want to declutter your brain, you need to access the parts of your brain that control your cognitive functions. Another tip is when you find yourself overwhelmed, ask yourself, where are your feet? It might sound silly, but this technique helps you reset your mind and focus on the present. Wherever you are, your feet become your anchor, and you point all your focus to the feeling of what's around your feet. 
feel your toes wiggling in your shoes. Or if you're wearing sandals, feel the breeze between your toes. It's an easy practice to get you back to the present without requiring a quiet place like meditation does. When you have a lot going on and you don't know where to start, get quiet. Listen to yourself and focus on your feet. Set small goals. Once you're centered, it's time to get things in order. Make a list of the things you want to take care of and break down goals into a series of easy-to-accomplish steps. Just five minutes of a good thing is better than nothing. Setting aside five minutes to do sit-ups right before bed is better than not getting any physical activity. Try these mindful tips. And if you feel that your mental well-being hasn't improved, consider talking to a licensed physician who is skilled in behavioral health to help your mental health thrive. With Methodist Mansfield News to Know, I'm Angel Biasati reporting for About Mansfield Podcast. Is the local market up or down? Realtor Beth Steinke is here with this week's Mansfield Real Estate Market Update. I remember January 2022. We were coming off of the strongest year in real estate history. Everyone in the industry was exhausted and burnt out. Buyers were still having to pull out all the stops to find a house to call home. Forget about it being the perfect house. Any house with four walls and a roof will suffice. They were struggling with the speed of the market, and sellers were enjoying the opportunity to choose the best offer out of the many they would receive. Market predictions had interest rates rising from the low 3% mark to the mid to high fours by the end of the year. Still plenty of time to get a great house at a great rate. How wrong those predictions were. Let's put this into context with real numbers for you. A $350,000 house with 20% down in January, your total payment, meaning principal, interest, taxes, and insurance, would have been around $2,100. By the end of March, we had already hit the mid 4% mark much sooner than it was originally projected. Inflation is becoming a word in common use and gas prices and other consumer goods are rising with no end in sight. The same $350,000 house now costs you $2,370 a month. In mid-June, interest rates began to creep into the mid-5% range and the buyer faucet simply turned off. My firm belief is that nearly all buyers were burnt out, priced out, and simply over it. They signed rental leases and took themselves out of the market. Exception being those buyers with a lot of cash to put down on a house or straight out purchase with all cash. We watched the home sellers who came into the market a little late scratch their heads in utter disbelief. That same $350,000 house now is a whopping $2,500 a month, $400 more than in January. Where are we today? The Federal Housing Finance Agency just released a report that showed nearly two-thirds of outstanding mortgages have interest rates under 4%. The industry has termed this particular circumstance as golden handcuffs. As we will not see these homeowners looking to sell for a while, keeping housing inventory available for new buyers at low levels. The Federal Reserve Chairman Jerome Powell has blatantly said that the rising interest rate environment will get worse before it gets better. He intends to continue to raise rates decisively to stem the tide of inflation rather than take a little-by-little approach. He believes this strong action will help us avoid a protracted inflationary period. As of today, we are seeing interest rates 
in the high sixes, which is still below the national historic average. But now that $350,000 house will cost $2,700 a month and forcing our hypothetical buyer to shop in an altogether different price point. This is definitely affecting days on market and we are seeing price reductions as the norm now. Sellers are still wrapping their heads around the reduced demand and buyers who have been fighting, biting, scratching and clawing to get into a home have definitely backed off. All is not lost and I want to leave you with some encouragement. If you need to buy or sell in the next six months, we have many tools in our toolkit to help meet your family's needs. From rate buy-downs to seller incentives to adjustable rate mortgages and more, the first step is for us to learn more about your particular situation so we can prescribe just the right course of action to maximize the outcome for you. Now let's find out what's going on locally in today's Mansfield Real Estate Market Update. As of Tuesday, October 4th, there are 122 active and available homes in Mansfield, excluding new construction. Homes this week range from 220,000, with the list topping out at 1.77 million. About 20% of these homes have had a price reduction. 25 homes closed last week, proving that homes in Mansfield are still listing and selling well. While I certainly enjoy talking about all sorts of real estate topics with you, what is it that you want to learn more about? Send your questions to me at info at aboutmansfield.com, and maybe you'll get a shout out in an upcoming episode. For the About Mansfield podcast, I'm Beth Steinke with Century 21 Judge Fight. Shaken or stirred, either way, you know it's going to be good, as Brian Certain is going to say goodbye to summer and hello to fall in the cocktail of the week. This week's cocktail of the week is the Berry Sip. As a reminder, we have spent the last six weeks talking about a summer-forward fruity cocktail that my son Cooper showed me on the Town & Country website. I really hope you have enjoyed this series, and today is the last of that series. I'll be back next week talking about fall-influenced cocktails. But as always, don't worry about taking notes, as I'll be giving out all the ingredients and instructions and posting them on bourbongospel.com. The ingredients for the berry sip. You're going to need an ounce and a half of vodka. You need a half ounce of vanilla syrup. You need four raspberries, and you'll need a splash of tonic. To make it as simple as putting all the ingredients in a shaker glass, combining the raspberries and vanilla syrup and muddling, adding the ice and the vodka and shaking thoroughly, strain into a Collins glass that is filled with fresh ice and top with the tonic. This one is courtesy Brad Nugget at the Porterhouse Bar and Grill, also in New York City. As always, I'm open to hear your take and your input. You can reach me at bourbongospel at gmail.com. And until next week, as Mark Twain said, too much of anything is bad, but too much whiskey is barely enough. Reporting for the About Mansfield podcast, I'm Brian Certain. I'm Brent Newsom, and you're listening to About Mansfield. Welcome back to another segment of About Mansfield. I'm Steve Casillo as we make the transition from news to talk. And in the studio today, she took a 90-day trip in Europe. A, a not, not only just a trip, but an excursion that we're going to talk about because it is uh, it, it has religious ramifications. It has personal ramifications. She traveled alone, and we welcome to the studio Christy Silvis, who uh, lives here in Mansfield, and uh, welcome to About Mansfield. Well, I am just so thrilled to be here. Listen to you all the time. Oh, thank <laughs> Not you. Not sure if I want to listen to myself next week. But <laughs> and, oh, you will. You oh, will. I will. Yeah. First of all, you, you took 90 days out of your life. Mm-hmm. To walk the Camino de Santiago. Right. Well, I 
chose the 90 days because that is the maximum amount you can be in Europe on without having to get a visa. Oh, okay. So I actually took me 73 days to walk the Camino. So I had time before and time afterwards. Um, so I don't want to exaggerate. It wasn't a 90-day walk. It was only 73 days. 73. And so this, uh, the, the, the first question that, that immediately comes to mind is why? Why? Well, um, no, my immediate response is no snakes and no bears. Okay. <laughs> they have no snakes in Europe? I, it, not on the Camino. Okay. Or at least not where I was. Um, so, oh, a number of years ago, one of my, a close friend of mine from high school uh, did a, uh, for his 60th birthday, did a trek in Nepal. Mm-hmm. And he had the Sherpas. They went up, um, I don't think they went as far as base camp, you know, up to, up through the Himalayas. But I thought, how cool. And in talking to him and following him, it was just like, you know, Something I wanted to do to prove to myself I could do it. You know, he's like me, old fart, little overweight, little out of shape, um, but did it. And so then I was interested in doing some type of long uh, trek like that. I think his was, you know, several months um, that he did it. Uh, But um, being a little bit of a chicken, I. <laughs> but there are no snakes and bears in the Himalayas. No, there are, but it's cold, and I didn't want to sleep in a tent. Okay, all the gotcha. time. So I looked at the Appalachian Trail, Pacific Crest, Continental Divide. Um, you know what was available, and and all of it was um, a little more than what I was willing to endure. I didn't want to sleep with critters at night or whatever, <laughs> and I had actually seen the way. Yeah, and then researched um, doing the Camino de Santiago, and it seemed certainly much more doable with a uh, food and a place to sleep every night, and seemed like why not? And for the benefit of the listeners, the way is a Martin Sheen movie re- uh, released in 2010, where Martin Sheen plays a. A CEO of a company. Oh, he and, was an ophthalmologist. He was an ophthalmologist. Okay. Well, yes. I, I, I was. Yeah, okay. He was up there. You know, and but, his um, uh, and his his free spirited son wanted to walk the Camino, and uh, I'm going to leave that. No spoiler alerts here. If you want to know what the Camino is all about, that's a good place to start. Yeah. Yes. It, it's it gives you an idea. Now, also for the benefit of the the listeners. Describe what the Camino is and how you chose your specific route. The Camino is um, actually has been around for over a thousand years. And what it is, it originally started as a, a spiritual journey to go from some point in Europe to Santiago de Compostela, which is where the tomb of St. James is. And a thousand some odd years ago, and when I say some odd, I mean like 1,200 or 1,300, I I lose track of the numbers, Um, they discovered a tomb and and said, yes, of course, this is St. James and we will build, build a cathedral. And in order for people to get special dispensation to get to heaven without working too hard, if you walk to uh, the tomb of St. James, um, you will be you know, blessed. And or if you were a prisoner and needed punishment for your sins, you were 
ordered to do it. So this is not an easy day to walk in the park. <clears throat> Uh, now it's much easier than it was. <laughs> uh, it used to be you just, you know, carried what you had and ate and walked in your bare feet or sandals and, yeah. and went that away and, and hoped you weren't murdered along the way by, you know, thieves and yeah. such. Uh, this is a, it's a pilgrimage. It's a pilgrimage, yes. And uh Winding up at the end at the, the the tomb of Saint James, Santiago. I would assume, based on its name, is in Spain. It is in Spain, and Santiago is a Spanish name for Saint James. That, yes. <laughs> and it's uh, the actual city is Santiago de Compostela, which is the Saint James of the stars. Where apparently there were some stars in the sky that somebody said, "Ooh, I wonder what those stars are for." So they walked over there, and voila, there was the tomb of Saint James. So these are all interesting little stories and miracles. <laughs> <laughs> Let's talk about the the planning process because you you don't just buy a plane ticket and take off for seventy three days. You, there obviously there's got to be some type of planning. Yeah. Let's start well, with that. Well, certainly the first part of the planning is um, figuring out when, where, and how you're going to do it. So I originally had my plane tickets and I was all ready to go in two thousand twenty. And then some this little, little thing, this little <laughs> bug came into the picture, and so I had to cancel it. And I wasn't able to uh, resume that plan until this last year. Things are always uh, fortuitous in that in 2020, I only had my summer vacation, 60 days max, to be able to complete it. Wherein now I was retired and I had up to 90 days without having to go through extra visa stuff. So I went ahead and bought a plane ticket for exactly 90 days and said, I will walk until I get there and then see what I want to do. You mentioned that you only had 60 days for summer because you worked for a school. Yes. And you have summers off. Summer's off. And uh, uh, you worked for one of the Mansfield schools as a nurse. I did. I was, uh, you know, shout out to Summit High School Jaguars. I was the school nurse there for 15 some odd years. And then I was the special needs nurse uh, for the end of my career there, taking care of all my um, special kiddos there. Back to the Camino this kind of leads into the next topic, but first to kind of get some background, how many miles did you walk over 73 days? It was about 750 miles 700? altogether. All right. Let's talk about fitness. Fitness. I know that you're an avid golfer. Mm-hmm. You and I have played tennis countless times. times. <laughs> uh, I know you're an avid pickleballer. Uh, well, uh, not so good at pickleball, but all right. working on it. Did you feel prior to boarding the plane to Europe, did you feel that you were prepared in, yes. in terms of, yes, you yeah. were. And, and, and the reason I say that is that I, I specifically planned on um, being used to walking. So like when you're talking about golf, I, as many people know me, I'm the old lady out there walking the course all the time. Hmm. So I would, um, when I did walk, I would, I tried to get, you know, probably eight plus miles a day um, when I'm walking. And my thought process on doing the Camino was uh, walk until I'm done walking and not run, not race, don't push it, take your time and plan accordingly. 
uh, the one I used to carry my bag when I walked, um, but I haven't done that in quite a while. So I figured if I used to carry my bag, which was a lot heavier than my backpack, eh, I could do that. So um, I was in decent shape as far as the walking part. Um, I wasn't prepared as much for the uphill, downhill ah. part of it. Uh, the first... Uh, what three six nine twelve miles is straight up into the Pyrenees, and I think my first day, which was only seven miles long, was a hundred and fifty seven flights uphill. <laughs> <laughs> That's good for the calves. Yes, but a lot of people do the full twenty um, twenty miles over the initial. Uh, mountain peak. Yeah. And I said, yeah, no, I'm going to ease my way into it. So, But my... then you can't sled down the backside of the Pyrenees. No, because it is rocky and steep. And I was very slow and methodical and figured I wanted to, I was more concerned about getting injured than I was about getting any place in a particular time. This, you 90 days, you really didn't have a, a, a time limit Nope. Then you, you had to be out of the country in 90 days, but it, you knew that it wasn't going to take 90 days for you to get to your right. destination. And it also gave me the leisure to be able to stop and smell the roses sure. and say, ooh, what's that over there? I'll go check it out um, and stay extra days someplace that was more interesting or needed extra time to stay there. You were, f you were physically prepared. You were mentally prepared. Yeah, it's it's weird because um, as the time approached for me to leave, I was developing a little bit of anxiety of like, what in God's green earth am I doing? <laughs> Leaving yeah. everything I know, I know I, I know more French than I know Spanish, and uh, where I started in the Camino starts out in France, mm -hmm. so I was fine with getting about and being able to ask for things, and then I get into Spain, and I'm still speaking French, and my Spanish is very minimal. It, it improved a little bit. But and then you had to add the, the lisp to, to the S's. Oh, yes, yeah, because then when we get to Barth Barcelona yeah. or in the Basque country, you've got uh, very different languages. You know, when you have two parts of your country trying to secede <laughs> <laughs> with their own languages and... Um, even the street signs were in different languages. Wow. So in the Basque region, street signs, everything was in Basque. In uh, the Catalonian region, everything was in Catalonia. What city did you fly into? I actually flew into Paris. And okay. I stayed there for a week, just, you know, being the, being the tourist, doing yeah. the touristy things. I'd been there before, so there were some places I hadn't been that I really wanted to uh, go see and do. Part of my training for climbing over the Alps was I did the walk up the Eiffel Tower. That, uh -huh. uh, so that was about the extent of my hiking uphill training, because as you can see around Mansfield, not a lot of steep hills. No, no. Uh, I would go hiking with uh, friends of mine, and we would go to um, Mountain Cedar Nature Preserve. Yeah. And that has much more um, steep hiking type hills, but not seven miles straight of it. <laughs> you flew into Paris, and then where did the the trek start? Uh, you take the train down to southern France yeah. and at St. Jean-Pierre-de-Port, and that is, I 
think, about 40 or 50 miles north of the uh, Spain-French border. Okay. So you're actually walking a few days before you come across the border, and if you blink, you will miss it. And you you get off the train, and they say, okay, um, you're on your way to... you. Yeah. Do they just well, point you in a direction? No, or? Actually, actually, it's a little bit for, more formal than that. Okay. So I took the train from Paris down to St. Jean, and um, at St. Jean they have the pilgrims, what's known as the pilgrims' office, and in many of the towns where pilgrimages start, there's a pilgrims' office, and where the uh, Camino passes through, there are pilgrim offices. So you go there, you check in, so they know who's on the trail. Right. Um, then you get what's known as your uh, credential, which is essentially a little passport that you have so that you can stay in the albergues. Albergues, I still can't figure out how they pronounce it. But the albergues are essentially hostels, but only people who are pilgrims with an authentic credential can stay in them. Ah. Otherwise, you can stay in private hostels, hotels, you know, whatever. So you have to get your credential and then... When you get to Santiago, you get a, by showing them your credentials of how far you walk to get there, mm -hmm. you get a nice, lovely Latin certificate that says, you did it. Good job. Woohoo! Good job. <laughs> so I have this wonderful, pe pretty piece of paper in Latin. No idea what it says, but apparently it says, woohoo! <laughs> and framed and hanging in your den. Uh, Still sitting on the kitchen counter <laughs> you know, with assorted junk that I've been home a month and I still haven't gotten my, actually less than a month, and I still haven't gotten my act together. Let's talk about the equipment. Uh, that What did you bring and did you have to buy anything in Europe uh, to, yeah. so, and so I would assume, all right, backpack, uh, maybe walking sticks, uh, several pairs of socks. Uh, tell, Actually, tell. so I had my little kind of day pack backpack that I was going to use and my daughters thought that that was not adequate. And so they bought me a lovely uh, plug here, REI, yeah. 36 liter backpack with the hip belt, the whole bit, which worked out great. Um, I walked in sandals. Sandals? Yeah, my these okay. my keen sandals. Those are walking sandals. They these are these are walking sandals. The nice thing about the sandals I use is that it has a rubber covered toe. Mm -hmm. So coming downhill, especially tripping on rocks and whatever, I never stubbed my toes. Uh, my feet became incredibly calloused and filthy. Mm -hmm. uh, so I had a nice little scrub brush with me as well. But in my backpack. Uh, you can go online, on Facebook, any place under the sun, and they'll say, these are all the things you need. And some of the issues are, is it going to be cold? Is it going to be hot? Is it going to be rainy? Is it going to be snowy? And since I walked between June and September, it was hot, so all I needed was shorts. So I wore, I brought three changes of clothing and one dress. And, and the dress was just more of a over frock thing, so okay. if I had to go to... Um, someplace nicer, I'd have something a, a nice dinner, or yeah. Yeah, like all the pilgrims did. Uh, oh yeah, back at uh, a thousand years ago, they yeah. all got dressed up. Yes, and sometimes it was just nice to get out of my clothes. Uh, so I had uh, three changes of clothes, uh, underwear, um, you know, bras, and then uh, as far as toiletries. I was very minimalistic. Uh, my biggest issue was having making sure I had enough uh, sunblock 
because I'm walking in the summer, that I had uh, to especially cover my face. And one thing I didn't cover very well was my hands. So my hand is very dark and I wore long sleeves. So I have funky looking hands and arms right now. The, uh, golfer's tan. Uh, golf, yeah, very much a golfer's tan. Okay. So I had my um, my backpack ended up weighing about 18 pounds altogether. And I, I'm not a hiker, so is that heavy? Or I didn't. Th- well, every morning when I lifted it, I had I did a <laughs> oh god, got to put this on. Um, but then you get it on, uh, set the straps on so it's resting on your hips, and you take off. I did have um, trekking poles that I brought with me. One of which uh, broke like probably two weeks into it. So, oh. but there are stores all over the place. So now you have to understand that. Currently, you're essentially walking on a trail that has a small town or village about every three to five miles. Okay. So it would be on a day's trek, it would be like walking from Mansfield to Midlothian. That would be a full day with two or three little places to stop, eat, That's a hike. Yeah, it it was a hike. But I mean, I drive down there just about every day. (laughs) (laughs) So it's not that much, you know... Our, our concept of distances is incredibly different. So I did wear a pair of sandals for the day hike. And at most, actually all places, uh, you don't even walk in the door without taking off your hiking shoes, walking shoes for the yeah. day. So I had my my dirty day pair and my clean, even, and my fancy evening wear, which was exactly the same pair. <laughs> So I brought two. Well, I did. I brought two pairs of the same sandals, and intentionally so that if one pair, uh, if it didn't make it, then I would still have a pair to be able to wear. Yeah. So that was my fancy stuff. Uh, As you probably noticed on uh, most of my posts, it looked like I wore exactly the same thing because oh, I had two shirts exactly the same. (laughs) You know, and she's wearing the same thing every day. Every day. We're talking with world traveler Christy Silvis about her trek on the Camino de Santiago, and we'll pick up part two next week. This is the place, as always, where you will hear the latest Mansfield news, sports, and weather. Until then, don't forget to like, follow, subscribe, share, love, or support this podcast if you haven't already, so you never miss an episode. It's free and it's easy. Head on over to our website, aboutmansfield.com, right there on the homepage. Enter your email address. We will never send you any spam. We promise. About Mansfield is recorded at Podcast Mansfield Recording Studio. Hosts Steve Casillo and Colleen Daniel. Moment with the Mayor feature, Michael Evans. Science reporter, Dennis Webb. Sports, Jonathan Dodd. Methodist Mansfield News to Know, Angel Biasati. Mansfield Real Estate Market Update, Beth Steinke. Ask Terry Home Improvement, Terry Radswin. Cocktail of the Week, Brian Certain. Post-production editing, mixing, and mastering, Steve Casillo and Jonathan Dodd. We thank you all for listening on behalf of the entire news team. I'm Steve Casillo, and this is about Mansfield. Mansfield.